contractor's journey to self-mastery requires discipline, integrity, and respect. Welcome to Hammer and Grind. Welcome to Hammer and Grind, the podcast built for contractors. Real contractors, true stories, real solutions. My name is Brad Hebner, and I will be your guide on your journey to self-mastery of your construction business. Connect with us on social media at Hammer and Grind Podcast. You can also check out our free Facebook group called the Contractor Profit Group, where we have lots of free trainings and conversations to help you in your business. Or... If you're ready to get off the crazy cycle and learn a proven system for creating a winning business, consider joining my coaching group called The Profit Club. Listen, I'm so confident that you will succeed in my program that I'm now offering a 10x guarantee. What that means is that if you follow our program and don't make at least a 10x return on your investment within a 12-month period, I will refund you the full amount. You can find out more about this at hammerandgrind.com forward slash The Profit Club. Now, I'm really excited about today. We have a special guest on our show, Matt Tebow. He is the CEO and founder of Savant Marketing, and he is one of the top digital marketing experts in the home improvement industry. He is known for helping flooring, remodeling, painting, and landscaping contractors attract more leads, close more sales, and boost their revenue. Now, Matt performs at speaking engagements where uh, he performs webinars and gives back to his community, and he loves helping contractors in any way he can to succeed in today's competitive online market. Matt, I'm, I'm glad you're on the podcast today, man. We've been trying to get this set up for a while, and we've finally made it happen, so I'm super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you give us kind of a 30,000-foot view of you? Who is Matt Tebow? Why are you doing this? kind of the background of where you came from and how you got into all this. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Yeah, so, you know, five years ago, I graduated from university. I didn't really know what I wanted to do too much with my life. I knew that I enjoyed marketing and I was lucky enough right when I graduated, I got a job actually at a construction company and I was their sole marketing department. So I was hired as their one man show to help them basically grow their business with online marketing. And, you know, through that experience, it was pretty tough, but I did learn a lot. And I was very lucky at that time as well to get a mentor who helped me learn a lot about digital marketing, specifically with construction companies. And so after about six months working there, that was my only job that I've ever had, paid off my student debt, lived at home with my parents, you know, just eating, (laughs) eating, uh, you know, like the noodles and all that stuff. And really, I came to a point where I decided, you know what, I want to start my own marketing agency and specialize in helping construction companies. And so I went out there, I worked with a bunch of different companies, as you know, anyone who's starting off, they're going to work with a bunch of different clients. But I always found that the construction clients were where I always had my greatest successes, because that was kind of my, my niche that I started out with. And so I just went further and further into working with contractors learning more about their business, learning more about what works, what doesn't work. And so, you know, for the past five years now, I've been working with contractors. And so I've really learned what works and helps them grow their business and what things are, quite frankly, a waste of time. And so today, really, what we do is we work specifically with contractors, helping them with their marketing, and more recently, just helping them with their sales too, just helping them 
you know, book estimates, helping them qualify leads better, and just helping them becoming more of a business strategist these days. So yeah, that's really, that's the business. Awesome, dude. I mean, we met through online communities and in the contractor space, and I liked what you were uh, talking about. And we've, we've done some work together and helping other contractors in both of our groups. So I'm, on today's show, we're really talking about marketing for contractors. And you wrote this book. And I think the chapters that you laid out in there are kind of where we want to hit on, on the podcast. So before I get into that, though, what do you see the most that contractors do wrong with their marketing in general? That's a great question. I think what I see most what contractors do with their marketing is they don't really do anything at all. So a lot of contractors have this belief that like, you know, referrals are enough. We don't really need to do any intentional marketing. If you do good work, then the business will grow itself and and you'll grow things over time. That's a really good way to catch yourself either in, you know, a bit of a lull when things slow down, or you're not going to be able to expand your company as well, right? That only works so far. Like when someone tells me that, that usually means that they're either a small team or they're not really trying to grow that much. And also what you also have to understand as well is that that might work as well when the economy is doing great. But when things slow down, how are you going to acquire customers at will, right? When you need that 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 uh, cash coming in, right? And so that's the biggest mistake I see. Other than that, I would say the next thing is that a lot of contractors never take the time to really differentiate themselves. And we can, I know that you're also an expert on this, Brad. I love a lot of your philosophies on this, but a lot of contractors get stuck into like discounts and fighting over all these jobs with all these other contractors. And they're just constantly stuck in, you know, you talk about the hamster wheel and just the crazy cycle or whatever you call. And it's, it's very much that, you know, as they never really get to the point where they can actually differentiate and be able to increase their prices. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I see that on my end too. I would even say like, I mean, you said like they don't really do marketing, which I agree 100%. But even when they do marketing, it's like all over the place, right? Like there's no consistency. There's no strategy. There's nothing. It's just, oh, I'm going to post on Facebook for two weeks every day. And then I'm not going to post anything for two months. Do you see that as well? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of contractors, what I see is that they kind of do reactive marketing. So, you I know, like they, they kind of, uh, they get to a point where they need some more jobs and they're freaking out. Okay, we need to, you know, we need to drop some business. So then they go to Facebook and they start, you know, spamming groups and sharing stuff to all these different groups. And they're really not doing anything with intention. And what you have to realize is that marketing is like farming. You have to be ongoingly farming and and uh, your leads, right? You have to ongoingly be putting in the work on a consistent basis. It's not something you can just jump in, get get some quick wins and then jump out and you know, so there needs to be a long-term strategy involved there. Yeah. And you mentioned like strategy. I mean, ov- obviously there's different types of strategies, which we'll, we'll get into here in, in, in your book in a minute. But I mean, it's not like I'm just going to do Facebook only. And that's my only strategy. Like you need to diversify because some of this is long-term, like which is more branding and stuff like that. And then some of it's very short-term, like pay-per-click and, you know, those types of things. And if you have a strategy it helps you across the board and multiple mediums and all that stuff. You said something earlier I want to get back to it, which is talking about referrals. And I mean, I re- there's no argument that re- a referral, a warm referral is the best lead you can possibly get, right? Like you're going to probably close, you're going to have, have, have a higher closing percentage on a warm referral 
than probably any other source. But the problem with referrals is that you're literally putting your business in the hands of strangers, right? I mean, you have no control over whether someone gives you a referral or not. And there are times like there's strategies like when you get done with a job and Hey, Mr. Customer, did you like what I did? Yeah. Well, can you, ref- you know, refer three people to me? Like you can do that, but even that is not a guarantee, right? And it's also kind of off-putting for a lot of people when you do it like that. But I just, it's, I see this, this is what I see and I hear it all the time. Well, all you got to do is do good work and, you know, and get good referrals and you'll grow your business and you'll, and you, and charge a fair price, you know, cause you gotta have charge a fair price can't make profit. You just got to charge a fair price. And uh, and then you'll grow a business. Now, there there is one thing I will say to this. If you grow too fast and you don't have the means to produce, that is probably worse than growing slow. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I've actually encountered that sometimes. In fact, uh, my parents had a, uh, had a renovation done by a gentleman and his company was at that point where it was like it was growing very quickly. He needed a project manager. He really needed one because it was like he was trying to come in and out, manage the team, but then he would go off and do like sales, you know, and it was just too much. So absolutely, you can grow way too fast. And so really the happy medium is to be able to be able to sell those jobs, but also grow your company at the same time. And I think you and I both know that right now that can be difficult to be able to hire people as you're growing and and make sure that everything is all growing at an even rate, right? Yeah. I mean, it's about having a healthy, sustainable business, right? So let's get into your book here and and what we talk about. It's the digital marketing secrets for contractors. And you talk about the seven-step marketing method. Why don't you kind of give us an intro into what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, when I was, uh, you know, years ago when I was working at this construction company and they basically just threw me in there and they said, okay, like, get us some leads and make us some business. So I was pretty much just throwing everything to the wall. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. I was fresh out of university. I had a couple online businesses, but nothing too crazy at that point. And so I was just trying all sorts of stuff. And so the seven-step marketing method was the revelation, I guess you could say, that I had when I looked back, when things finally did work, I said, okay, I actually did these seven things. And that was all that we focused on. And so I basically turned it into a step-by-step formula that anybody can pick up this book and read it and be able to model it and use it in their business. And so if you'd like, what I can do is walk you through the seven steps. Yeah, absolutely. But before you do that, if you're listening, I want to make sure you listen to the end because uh, Matt's actually going to give us a, a nice little bonus and I want you to stick around and catch that at the end. So Matt, why don't you start off? What's, I mean, what's step one? Yeah, absolutely. So step number one, like, Brad, we were chatting a little bit earlier about, you know, contractors struggle with differentiating themselves. Like they're always having a hard time with, you know, charging what they're worth. You know, sometimes I'll see in Facebook groups, someone will say something like, uh, you know, like who can help me with a bathroom remodel? And then you read all the comments and people are like, I can do it for you at an affordable price on time, blah, 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 or whatever, you know, and it's like hundreds. Don't get me started on the affordable (laughs) stuff. Right. Right. So it's like people are like, I can get this done on time and affordable and blah, blah. And it's like hundreds of comments. And it's like, guys, if you're all saying that, like, you're never going to be able to make any profit. I know that you're big on that, Brad. And B is that you're never going to look any different than anyone else. So 
really step one, what we do is we help them define a niche that they're good at and that they make the most money from doing, right? So a lot of times what happens with construction companies is that they introduce a lot of complexity, right? Okay, I want to I want to grow my company. So now we're going to offer this whole new service. We're going to offer this service, this service, this service. And what happens is every time you add a new service, you're adding a different set of new systems, new protocols, all sorts of new complexities. And so in the end, what ends up happening is the contractor is running around like, you know, a chicken with his head cut off, basically, because he's trying to manage all these separate little businesses within his business, right? And so step one, what we like to do is define a niche that they have very good systems and operations for. Maybe they have really good employees or subcontractors in that niche, right? And then it's the most profitable for them too. They know their numbers. They're able to you know, you know, make good profit from it. And so we define that niche. We focus in on expanding just that area of their business first. And then the second part of uh, step one is that we help define a unique selling proposition. So. A lot of contractors, what they'll do when they try and get people's attention is they'll do like a discount offer, 15% off. I just did a video in my group about this where I was reviewing a landing page, you know, and they're saying 15% off roll services. And what happens when you do any kind of discount offer like this, Brad, is basically you start attracting people who are looking for a deal, right? You start attracting people who are just looking for the cheapest possible price. And so what we do here is we introduce some kind of offer that's value-based. Maybe it's an extended warranty. Maybe it's some kind of bonus that's included. But we want to focus on value instead of discounting price. Yeah, absolutely. Have you ever heard of the term simplify to multiply? I haven't, but that sounds cool. I I don't think I didn't come up with it. I think it was another uh, person that helps with systematizing businesses. But it's basically what you said is when you simplify your, your services, your offerings down to a specific niche, it's easier to multiply that. You know, I ran into this problem in my own business, mainly because I started out as a handyman business because I didn't have any money and I didn't have, you know, anything. It was the easiest thing to start and, and start making some money. And, and so, in a sense, I pigeonholed myself to that industry. But that industry is so wide that it can literally be anything, right? And so, you know, you can do painting and carpentry and tile and, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do basically falls under the handyman business. You know, every time you do a new niche, it's new tools, right? You got to buy new tools. You got to buy market for that niche. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's not smart. And I I learned this the hard way, you know, here I am 11 years uh, since starting (laughs) my business. I've learned all of this information the hard way. And that's why I'm doing this now is to help others, you know, shortcut that process. But I know you said about the offer, you know, creating offers like extended warranties, which is great because that is a, basically you want to find ways to, to increase value without increasing costs per se. Or if there is cost, it's very minimal to you, right? So like you said, extended warranties is a great way to increase value because like if you're a concrete contractor and you're doing driveways and maybe everyone else does a one-year crack-free warranty, but you offer a five-year crack-free warranty. And, and I'm just making this up. I don't know if that's even possible, but that's just an example of like, without even charge, it doesn't cost you any more money to say five years. I mean, you'd have to go back obviously and look at your, how often driveways crack and when that time period is. If like, if six years is like 90% of driveways crack at six years and I wouldn't be offering a seven-year warranty, right? You know what I'm saying? So 
I just think it's great to be able to add, look for ways to add more value. I call it value stacking. It's where you literally just stack value. And uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I want you to go on to the next step. Or if that, is that still, is that the end of the first step or are we going to step two? Yeah, that's the end of the first step. And really, you know, just to close that loop is like, people will say, oh, like we offer a higher quality, like we're more expensive or whatever because of our higher quality. But you can't just say that. You need measurable quality is what I call it. And so that's why I like the extended warranty is because you're standing behind your quality and certain, like your work, right? Well, and look, listen, everybody freaking says that. Every single company, we're the highest rated company in our town <laughs> and we're the best and blah, blah, blah. And all of these little voted best by our local <laughs> newspaper, like that's all rigged. You know what I mean? 99% of those are, you have to go out and get your own votes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, hey, everybody go and vote for me so I can be the best. Yeah, I've never done work for you. So you have no idea if I'm any good or not but go vote for me. So, I mean, people today are wise about all of this, you know, we're rated the best and all that. Like, you know, 20 years ago, yeah, that worked, right? Because people didn't, like that was a, a stamp of approval, if you will. But today, pretty everyone's pretty much, they're savvy buyers and they're like, okay, yeah. How can you be the best contractor in town when your competitor says he's the best contractor in town? <laughs> Yeah, no, so absolutely. It, yeah. So that's stuff that's all gimmicky stuff. So let's let's get on to the second step then. Yeah, absolutely. So the second step is collecting reviews and reputation management. So, you know, sometimes when we're working with clients, it's either there's a couple different scenarios. The first scenario is that we're doing damage control. So they've got they've neglected their reviews, they've got some one stars and they didn't put really much work into building up, you know, some more five star reviews. And, you know, I think before I go any, even further here, some contractors might be thinking to themselves, like, they might be kind of, uh, you know, like, oh, reviews, like, are you serious, man? But the thing is, is that reviews really do matter. And we've had a discussion about this, is like, these days now, when people are looking to work with someone, if they don't know much about the product or service they're buying, you know, it's like, if you're going on Amazon, you're looking at two different products, one's a one-star review and one's a five-star review, most people are going to pick the five-star review. And so contracting is no different and homeowners are looking at your services and your company in the same way, you know? So some contractors, like I was saying, is like they were doing damage control. Others is that they're doing some, but they don't have a systematic approach to actually get reviews on demand. And then other contractors kind of boycott and they say, you know, I don't want to be on there because I don't want to think about reviews and all this. So they don't have anything. They don't have any listings or anything. And I think that you know, that can really hurt you. And, and so really the second step is building out a systematic approach to getting reviews so that you don't have to be worried about if you get a one-star review from a crappy client or whatever, and you're not scrambling to get more reviews. You've got tons of these five stars. And also just having a systematic approach so that you're not asking or begging, I should say, homeowners, you know, and then say, hey, can you leave us a review on Google? And then they never do it. And then you're following up with them sheepishly after like two or three weeks in an email, you know, hey, can you leave us a review? These are all things that can easily be fixed. And so in step two, I really walk through some strategies and some softwares of how you can start getting reviews in an easy way, but also ethically. Yeah, I mean, you know, my position on reviews, like I love reviews. I absolutely love them. I, I would say, and this might be a bold statement, Matt, but I would say that reviews are 
a digital referral. Mm-hmm. It's the same value as a digital refer. I mean, as a real referral, only in digital value. So, or digital uh, means, but you know, because if you think about it, when you, if I say, "Hey, Matt, do you you got any good contractors you can recommend?" Oh, yes. Here's so and so and so and so. Right. That's a personal referral. If I go online and I don't know any contractors and I don't ask anybody and I say, you know, contractors for my service and I see reviews, that's the same thing. It's the reviews are saying, here's 50, 100, 200 other people that recommend you. So it, it's it's literally the exact same. So for all of you out there that are like diehard referral only contractors, this is just an extension of referrals in a digital form. That's all it is. And if you're not doing it, like you're just going to get left behind. So, I mean, I, I, I love refer, I love reviews. I can even almost say that if you like, if you just went out there and got so many freaking reviews and you didn't do anything else, like that by itself would get you business. Cause if you got a thousand reviews and your closest competitor has 10, <laughs> I mean, it's a no brainer. You know what I mean? So, so let, okay. So reviews we know is important. And I'm very passionate about getting reviews. I try any opportunity I have to talk about getting reviews, I use it. So <laughs> so what's next then, Matt? What, what are we going on after reviews? Yeah, so then the third step is building out a simple landing page. So some people might not be familiar with that term, a landing page. Basically, all it is, is it's a one-page little website. And what the job of this little website is, is to generate quotes. Like, there is no other real purpose of a site. You don't have a blog on there. You don't have some of the other things that a normal website would have. It's really just one page. And the only option on there is to contact you or to exit out of the page. And the reason for that is that it's been proven the more decisions you give someone to make, the less likely they are to actually do that. And so if you give them very little decisions where it's only, okay, contact us, pick up the phone or send us a message, or just exit out if you're not interested, then they're a lot more likely to contact you. And so on this page, we love to show before and after pictures because we find that that sells. Contracting is a very visual business, especially remodeling, painting, flooring, these kind of things. If we can show some very dramatic before and after pictures, you're basically demonstrating your skills. So when someone sees that, it's proof in itself that you are actually a very good contractor because they can see with their own eyes okay like i'm seeing on the left like crappy floor that's all scratched up and on the right beautiful floor that's refinished and super nice now so we have the really nice before and after pictures and then we highlight that unique offer on this page and then we also have the customer testimonials at the bottom and then we've got three ways that a lead can reach out so we actually have a phone number on there because some people are more extroverted they like to pick up the phone let's just get it over with and go and then other people want to go through the contact form and submit a form so that you can pick up the phone and contact them and book the estimate from there. And then other people, and I find a lot of contractors will neglect this, is will they want to go through some kind of chat box and chat with someone, ask some questions, and then be coaxed into then giving their information for a quote. And I like doing these three different forms for a landing page because it appeals to different personality types. People will often forget that like, we have introverts in this world who don't want to pick up a phone and talk to a scary contractor. So a lot of people will opt for the, the form or through a chat box. And so this is really the overview of the landing page. 
So I got a few questions about landing pages, but before mm -hmm. I do, I want to follow up with what you said, and that is the way people communicate with you is the way they prefer to communicate. Mm -hmm. So if they send you an email, that doesn't mean they want you to call them back, mm -hmm. right? Unless they say in there, please call me back. That's giving you instructions. But if they message you on Instant Messenger, they found you through Facebook and they message you on Instant Messenger, that's how they want to communicate. And mm -hmm. so you do need to learn how to be able to, you know, communicate to a certain extent. Now, I don't like Messenger because I forget about it. It gets lost. You know, if I'm out, out and about, someone messaged me, I may respond right away and have a quick, you know, couple back and forth. But if it gets to the point of like, okay, you know, I'd like to talk about getting an estimate. Then I'm like, hey, do you mind if I call you or do you mind if I send you a link or can I email you or whatever mm -hmm. it is? Like, can we switch mediums now to get to one that's going to be more, mm -hmm. you know, efficient in my sales process? And so, but don't, you're, like you said, you're missing out on those opportunities if you don't offer those types of uh, communication. So on landing pages, are you recommending like you don't even have a website at all or you just have a website, but then you have separate landing pages for different services that you offer i'm recommending the second uh the latter there so a website your main website is really a place to send people to maybe see more of your portfolio maybe um as an educational center right like you've got a frequently asked questions section on there you've got a whole bunch of other information and yeah people will stumble upon your website and you know submit for a quote through there but really, the landing page, you've got to see that as a sales tool. It's a sales tool that's used for direct response advertising. What does that mean? It means that it's for advertising pieces of when you're paying Google, when you're paying Facebook, when you're paying for any ads, you want to have the most control possible and you want to make it very specific. And so you, you mentioned something there. You said, should I have multiple landing pages? Well, if you're advertising for multiple different services, of course. So if you're, if you're just advertising for bathroom renovations, then you would just have a bathroom renovation landing page. But if you want to do bathrooms, basements, kitchens, whatever, then I would recommend a separate landing page for each different niche and a separate set of ads for that. And so when you're paying like two, three, five, ten dollars $10 per click to get someone to a website, you want to make sure that it's very specific, that you can control everything what that's on that site and that you can actually see the data that's happening on there. And so that's why we use landing pages that they're a sales tool so that we can have the most control possible. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. But I, so just one clarification, you're, you're not saying that you shouldn't have a website at all. Oh, absolutely you're, not. Your, your website okay. is very important because it's a main tool that you use for branding yourself, for using as an education piece. So your website is a very important asset to have but landing pages are for a different use, right? So would you have, like, say I have a, my main webpage and I have services I list and I do kitchens, bathrooms, and basements. Like, that's my three. And if I click on bathrooms, would that take you to the landing page for bathrooms? I think that would be overcomplicating it. That would okay. be a little bit overcomplicated. So I would just make it go to a contact form or, or a different part in the website that's dedicated okay. to bathrooms. The landing page is really just a page that's dedicated for just advertising purposes. You know? Gotcha. If I'm going to run a Facebook ad for bathroom remodels. When they want more information, they click on it. It goes to the landing page that's just for bathroom remodels, which makes sense because in today's ADD, you know, rich environment and intention grabbing environment, um, if I, if I click on a link that says, Hey, I want a bathroom remodel and I click on it and it takes me to your website and the, 
the picture on your website is a kitchen remodel, right? I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I thought I was doing bathrooms. And then I, now I exactly. have to like search your website to try to figure out where the bathrooms are. So it just kind of creates confusion. So I, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I, I've, I've tried to do this. I mean, I have done it with some services on my website. I've had specific landing pages. But again, with the handyman model, it's... It would be tough for handyman. I had a, I had a um, audit for, I had like, I hired a consultant. Like this was probably, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Back then, you you had pages for each city that you were in. So you would have like a landing page for your main city, a landing page for another city because of keywords and all that and SEO and stuff. And so he came back. He said, I, here's what you need to do. You need to build out like 400 pages. <laughs> you need to, because I have like a surrounding cities. There's like five different yeah. cities, right? And so it was the same page, like literally the exact same page. But one would say, you know, my services in my town. The other one would say my services in the next town and my, ser-, you know, and so it was the exact same content. And, but that was a strategy back then that really doesn't apply today. But I can just see that getting crazy if you start building out a ton of landing pages. Yeah, that's a lot of management for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. So, okay, so we got the landing page set up right. What's, what's the next step? So now that you've got this landing page, we've got this great offer. We have the niche set up. You're building out these reviews. Now we need traffic. We need people to actually come to this page, right? And so my favorite forms of traffic for that first off is going to be Google ads. And the reason for that is because Google ads, people are already searching through Google, like best basement renovator, my city, whatever, right? And so we want to be taught one of the top five results in Google ads when people search that. And then what's really neat about Google ads too, is we can remarket to people who don't become a lead. So let's say, you know, someone types in basement remodeler and you're bidding for that keyword. So you're ad shows at the top results in Google for that. They click it, they go to the landing page. And then for whatever reason, they get distracted. They don't, they don't submit for the quote. Maybe someone messages them, they start talking to them, and then they forget about it. We want to be able to remarket to those people. So what a Google ads allows you to do is to show ads to them all over the internet that follow them around. Maybe you've experienced this before. And basically, I, I describe it as a virtual salesman who follows up with them and says, hey, you still interested? You still interested? Because the reality is, I think it's like seven or 12 times to follow up before you get the sale or the exposure that you need. And so that's really what this is, is this following up and just saying, hey, like, do you still want that quote? And so that's the step with Google Ads. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of things we could talk about Google Ads. I think I could spend probably like hours talking about it when it comes to picking your keywords, like all sorts of things. and. You know, but Google Ads, in my opinion, is one of the the best, most effective, and most quality lead sources you can get. I would agree with that. I've I, the only ads that I spend money on are Google. I've done Facebook, and I've had some success with it, but I really only focus on Google because it just you get the best return. Is there anything about Google that you know doing Google Ads that's like? get you in trouble or like, you know, like don't do this under any circumstance type thing? Well, man, I've, I've uh, recently found that all of these platforms are just getting a lot more strict, right? And so let's say, for example, we had a client who said, uh, hey, can we link to this page? Like, so we can set up a separate URL and then it will redirect to our website so that it will give people the illusion that it's a different company or whatever, because he was trying to dominate every single 
listing on Google. So he wanted to set up multiple accounts so that it would give an illusion of different ads for different companies, but it would all link back to his company. So he, he wanted to kind of experiment with like dominating the top search engine you know, with different ads. And um, that's against Google's policy. There's a bunch of stuff that's against Google's policy. You can't redirect to a different website. You know, lately, Google has actually been like suspending accounts for literally like no reason. And it's been frustrating, honestly. And I think some of that is due to COVID. I'm not sure. But really, when it comes down to Google ads is they just want they just want the best experience for their customers. So that's their philosophy. So you just have to think what would make it the best experience for someone who's searching for these services? And how can I be the most helpful to them without being deceptive without, you know, using any kind of Tom Flurry or whatever. So yeah. Well, I could see that could come back and bite you because if I'm searching for a person and I see the top ad and I click on it and I go to this guy's website and I'm like, okay, cool. And I click on the next one because I just want to get more, you know, like yeah. learn more and it goes to his website again. I'm like, what the, what? <laughs> and if I click on the third one, it goes back here again. I'm, I'm almost more likely not to hire them Yeah, you know I mean? because it seems deceitful. Like what, sure. what's going on here? So I can see how that could backfire you. And yeah, I know like Google and all the social medias, they're, I mean, they just pull things out of thin air, what they want to enforce and not enforce. And yeah. it, can be, it can definitely be frustrating. And I, you know, they'll send you an email. It's like, hey, we're updating our terms and conditions. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to read that. You, know, you, click, <laughs> you click on it and it's like 500 pages yeah. long. So, and then before you know it, you sold your kidney. Yeah. And then like one little line and, and you know, <laughs> on the 34th page, it's like, you can no longer do this. Yeah. I didn't know it. So. <laughs> so, okay, so what's the next step then? What do we do after that? So paying for Google ads is great because that gets you immediate results, right? Like you're you're up there within hours, but it's really important to start building a long-term asset that you're not going to have to pay ads for. And so we were talking about reviews. This ties in with local SEO. So people often ask me, Matt, where's the best place to start posting my reviews when I start? And the best place is to start with your Google business listing. Because this business listing, like if you take one thing away from this, like if you just build up a bunch of reviews on your business listing and focus on that, you will get business from that. You're going to get phone calls from that in your local area. So what we do in this step here is we build up the reviews in your business listing and we optimize your, your Google listing for the keywords that you want to target. So let's say it's basement remodeling, right? And so we put the keyword basement remodeling and your city in the description we put that in your services. We just optimize the listing for those keywords. And then the last thing that we want to do is we want to build up citations. Sounds super boring, honestly. Like basically what it is, is that we just want to make sure that other websites are linking back to our listing with all the same information. So a common mistake that I see a lot of contractors make is that they'll change their address at some point. They'll change their phone number at some point. And their address on Yelp is like a certain address, but their address on their Google business listing is a different address. This is going to hurt you when it comes to your local SEO. You want across the internet, all of your information to be the same. So your phone number, your hours, your location, all of that information needs to be the same. So then Google will look at that and be, hey, this is a trustworthy company. All their information is the same. We're going to rank that higher because we want to provide the best possible service to people who are searching. What about, I, I know there's services that you can hire that will do this for you. Like they'll go out and crawl the internet and find all mm -hmm. your citations and then tell you what, what needs to be fixed, which is, and mo most of the time it's worth it. 
Like it, it's mm-hmm. worth paying because I mean, you could be listed in 50 different locations and only know about four of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I usually recommend trying to hire somebody. And I don't know if you offer that service, but I mean, hiring somebody that can do that for you to find out where you're listed. Do you, what about like uh, getting Google verified? Is that, how important is that? You need, to, you need to do it. If you want to get results from local SEO, then you need to be verified because and, what that's going to do is tell Google that, yes, we are located in this in this area. And when you do that, then there's going to be a radius around that area that you're going to be more likely to show up for. So you absolutely do need to verify. And that comes like a postcard in the mail, or you could do other forms of verification. I've actually found that like verification sometimes can be very annoying as well, though, too, because it's like sometimes that postcard doesn't come in. So you have to like wait, send it again. So, but yes, being verified is very important. I dealt with that just in the last couple of weeks of trying to get a postcard and all that stuff. So what about like, like they have like Google local, local now? Is that, it's like, isn't that like a separate thing of like the Google local? Are you talking about like those little recommended uh, things that come the service? Like the yes, like a blue check mark yeah. next to your name. Yeah, yeah, that's a whole separate thing. That's like Google guaranteed. Like that's a, it. Yeah, exactly. Where basically, you know, you sign up for local service ads, and then you actually get verified through Google as Google guaranteed, where you send them all these documents. And that's actually not as big of a thing in Canada right now. It's more of a thing in the U.S. And it's more of a thing for certain types of niches, like plumbing, electrical. These types of things, if you do a plumbing or electrical or HVAC, that's definitely something you want to look into. And those are called local service ads. Yeah, I don't. I have a blue check mark next to my business name. And to be honest with you, I don't even remember what I had to do to get that. But nobody else has that. That's cool. And just one of those things where like, if somebody sees that, regardless of whether or not they know what it means, it just adds more validity to your business. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so we got the GMB set up. That's Google My Business. And then uh, what do we do after that? So then after that is like what I what I like to do is when now people are going to be requesting quotes through this landing page, right? You're going to get a ton of traffic coming through here. And so as people are submitting for these quotes, I like to personally set up some kind of email confirmation and follow-up system. So as people are submitting these quotes, it's really important that you send them an email that's automatically sent to them when they request for a quote that says like, Hey, like we received your request for a quote. We're going to get in touch with you within this time frame. By the way, like check out some of our social medias, check out some of our portfolio. We're going to get in touch with you soon. Sit tight, Brad. And the reason that we want to do this is that you really want to put your foot in the door because people are going to be requesting multiple quotes from different contractors. And so we want to hit them with an email as fast as possible and say, Hey, sit tight. We're going to get in touch with you. And that's also an opportunity for you to maybe send them a video. Like if you have a little link there, you could do some really cool stuff. I know that you're big on this kind of stuff, Brad, where you could say like, hey, like, welcome to our company. This is how things work. Like you could really systemize this process. So that's the next step. Yeah. You, I mean, you, there's there's so many things you can do with that. If you're a bathroom remodeler and you have an email that goes out, you can link to a video that talks about bathroom remodeling or whatever. Hey, we'll be with you within four hours. In the meantime, check out this video of a recent bathroom project we did. Okay, so then what? What is? How many steps are we on now? I lost count. I think that was the sixth one. <laughs> okay, I thought there was one more. I just want to make sure. So we're coming up close to the end. So I want to get it in here. So what's the last step? Yeah. So the last step is social media management. So I recommend for contractors. They'll usually ask me like, Matt, 
what platform should I post on? What's the most important? What should I be on? What should I not bother with? Should I be on TikTok? Should I be here? Should I be there? And to start, what I usually recommend is Facebook and Instagram. And the reason for that is that they're very visual platforms. You can post pictures on there. And what I recommend is that you post just before and after pictures. Like contractors are always asking me, Matt, what should I post on social media though? I don't know what to post. And really all that you need to think about when it comes to social media is I think of it as a proof feed. And what I mean by that is you want to be showing consistent proof over a long duration of time that you know what you're doing, you know what you're talking about, and that your customers are happy with your service. And the last one that not a lot of people do, and some people, quite frankly, are uncomfortable with, is showing proof that your company is actually growing and becoming more successful. And this is a very important last step because the reality is, is that if people get the sense or some kind of intuition that your company is going downhill or that you're going through some hard times, whatever, they're going to lack certainty. And when they lack certainty, they're not going to be as comfortable to reach out to you and get you to do something. You know, I've often had this experience before where I was considering working with someone, you know, whether it was a coach or something like that. And uh, I didn't move forward. And then afterwards, I analyzed and said, why didn't I move forward? Like, why didn't I work with this person? The reason for that was I noticed that they were jumping around to like from opportunity to opportunity, or maybe something was happening in their life that I knew about. And it just didn't give me that certainty. And so really, I like to use social media as a way to build certainty and demonstrate proof of knowledge and proof of you know happy customers. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with this more, Matt. And uh, I actually have it written on my board here. People value certainty. But another way of saying that is the likelihood of achievement. Mm. Right? They want to know that if I hire you for my project, that I'm going to have a high likelihood of that project being achieved. That's right? a good way to say to, it. To my, to my expectations, basically. And if I, you know, one of the one of the tactics that uh, I haven't used this myself very much, but I know it works well for many is like behind the scenes, you know, like pull back mm-hmm. the curtains type thing where it's like, you know, you got your phone out and you go live. It's like, hey, guys, you know, a lot of people ask us, like, what does it take to whatever I'm making stuff up? Like, what do you what's it take to install a tile floor or whatever? And you go in like, this is what we have to do. And you show like all the tools you got to drag out of your trailer and set up like this. You know, it takes us an hour to set up everything just to get ready to do tile. So blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, meet meet uh, Chris. He's our lead guy. He's been with us for four years and, you know, stuff like that. It, it, it builds a connection between your customers and you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've had people like in putting their information on your website, like your about us section, you know, I've had people, we show up and it's like, oh, I know you, you're Chris and you're <laughs> Brad and you're, because so, they literally read your bio. Like some of these people, they get that deep into your business and they want to know who's coming to their house. And so I, I, I love what you're saying, like on, on the social media aspect of it is just really, providing that the value of certainty, you know, providing the likelihood of achievement. Yeah. And uh, another cool thing too, that you can do to, to do proof of knowledge is make little videos pointing out some mistakes that previous contractors made. Like that's a really good one too, as if you can make a little video and say like, Hey, like, uh, just wanted to show you guys, this was done by a previous contractor and they skipped this step or they didn't do this or that or whatever. Here at our company, you know, we always do it like this, blah, blah, blah. 
just so you guys know, anyway, have a good day. Like that kind of stuff works really well too, because you're showing, you're pointing out some stuff that other contractors do wrong and that you're doing right. And so that instantly positions you as an authority, like, okay, we really know what we're doing here, you know? So it works well. I would, I would have a little bit of caution on that, Matt. I actually don't 100% agree with what you're saying. However, I do agree in general. I would just say, instead of like saying this other contractor screwed up, I would maybe say like, here's a situation where this wasn't done right the first time, and now we're going to fix it. Yeah, I'm not saying to like call out specifically a contractor, but... Gotcha. Yeah, like just saying like this was like another contractor did this, you know, not a good idea to start some wars, but... Well, I wouldn't even say another contractor did it. Honestly, I would just say like we have this situation and this is what happened. Like this wasn't done right. Right. For all we know, it could have been a homeowner that did it. Like we don't know who did the work. And so that's why I would just be like, hey, you know, this is uh, this wasn't done right. They didn't put they didn't use the proper washers on this thing and it rusted out. So we're going to make sure we use the correct washers this time. And so you can do that without really like trying to point fingers at someone else. That would be my only suggestion on that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's always important to be able to point out just that like what was previously done wasn't done correctly, right? Yeah. I've done that before. And not so much like they didn't do it right, but like wood rot. Like, hey, guys, we see this all the time. If you don't make sure your doors are caulked properly, you're going to get wood rot. Like this is what happens when you don't caulk them properly. You know what I mean? It's like like you're saying, like this is an issue, and now we got to fix it. So I, I do like that, and I use that strategy a lot. Well, we're right there at the end, Matt. How can people get a hold of you? Like, how, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your services and how you can help them in their business? The best way is to hit me up on Facebook, Matt Tebow, T H I B E A U, or you can go to my website, SavantMarketingAgency.com. There's a bunch of information on there. You can watch some client success stories. You know, I also want to give away, or I was saying a special giveaway for this podcast. I want to give away my book so you can read it. It comes in an ebook format, and there's also an audio book included in there for you too. So if you go to contractormarketingbook.com, you can get yourself a free copy. That's awesome, Matt. I really appreciate you doing that for our listeners. Guys, make sure you pick up that book or even buy the paperback from Amazon if you're like a hard paperback kind of guy. But uh, there's tons of great information in there. I mean, the book goes in a lot more detail than what we did on the podcast on how to do a lot of this stuff. So it's a great resource. And uh, we'll put links in the uh, show Mm -hmm. notes, too, so people can get that. Yeah. So, Matt, again, I appreciate you being on today. Tons of great uh, information passed, tons of value. Like I said, value stacking that. So uh, hopefully uh, people will uh, reach out to you and seek out your services. Well, that's all we got for today, guys. Learn You can always find out more information about us on our social media accounts, Hammer and Grind Podcast on all the social media platforms. And until next time, as always, be the best you. Be the best you.